Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today, Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. You're back in the saddle. I was hiding. <laughs> I was playing hooky for a couple days. I thought maybe you were gambling in Vegas yeah. or... Uh... <laughs> no, I was just gambling with life. <laughs> but uh, no major problems, and I am glad to be back. And that means I have to have enough to say for... The two days I missed, or can we just do our today's program? Since I hear you took good care of the program yesterday uh, and the day before, so we're okay. Your fans missed you. But uh, we didn't have a whole, a whole lot of need to get a lot of different subjects. You know, the, uh, the, the one big thing that's been going on, but I've gotten a little tired of it, and that's who's going to be the next speaker. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, the big picture on the long term, I don't even think the parties make a whole lot of difference, uh, but you can't say no difference because there's, there are some. But uh, when it comes to speakers, too, you know, they're down to two people now, uh, uh, whittling down, and they had trouble picking the first one, and it's not working out well. And, and uh, it's to me, all that mess is personalities as well as the fact that there's a political, moral uh, financial bankruptcy that they can't sort out all the all the problems uh, anyway they're in, in the midst of it and I guess guess we're not going to know who's the next speaker going to be they never called I, I, yeah. thought, you, I thought you put a word I in did my it. best I, I mean <laughs> okay. I, I got a lot of people on Twitter calling for you to be okay to so so we'll have to wait and see if we can find some good things to say about them because we wouldn't want to pick on them no, you know never but but anyway, that is an issue, but we're not going to talk too much about that. Uh, but we want to talk some and to get an update on uh, what's going on, uh, you, you know, uh, with, with the war in the Middle Eastern War. Uh, we've been accustomed to talking a lot about that. Think about when you started in Washington. We oh, spent man. a lot of time on trying our best to, uh, you know, prevent some of the killing that went on. But the killing continued. And uh, they're back at it again. And, uh, and one of the big points we've made over the years is the fact that the founders tried to, you know, protect us against constant wars. And you can't say they did a lousy job, but you can say that the people that we put into Congress have done a lousy job. Yes. Uh, because even, even uh, without, uh, you, you know, any uh, dictate to them, just reading the Constitution, there should have been a lot less war. But we're back at it again, trying to. But we've been doing this. Uh, the, the one thing in Ukraine, we've been we've been trying to argue the case against that nonsense since since the, the coup in yeah. 2014. But now it's the coup is spreading, you know. And who knows? Uh, it's a mess now, tragically, and a lot of people are dying. But sorting out the truth about what's really going on, uh, you know, in Israel and Gaza. Uh, it, it's not going to be easy. You think, oh, well, there's the reports. There's so many of these people die. So many people here to die. Tomorrow there will be more and, and all this. So it, uh, it really, um, you know, is, is more difficult uh, when you get into almost any foreign policy. But when you get into war and a lot of killing, there's a lot of blaming going on. And one thing I sense, the frustration of uh, of what our government is facing, facing or the hawks are facing, is uh, 
they're, they're getting into two or three or four areas of the world that's getting to be hot. But the two, two right now is Ukraine and, uh, of course, uh, uh, you, you know, what, what, we're, what they're going to do about, uh, you know, in the Middle East. But this is, uh, they're, they're all after money. <laughs> and, and now, yep. uh, you know, the, uh, so Zelensky is evidently a little worried, yeah. maybe, because uh, the war has not been won yet. Maybe uh, some people didn't really want to win it. And uh, he's, he's not politic, and he's really great in politics. He came here, he's pretty bold yeah. <laughs> to try to get more and more money. But now, now he calls up, and he, I think he invited himself to go meet with uh, uh, Netanyahu. Yeah, so yeah. so what, what, what's going on there, we'll find out. But one thing I know, there's a bit of frustration there, but there's not a, not a, a, a willing desire to, to really find, to simplify it and say, well, it's all the Palestinians' fault. If you just kill them all, the world will be a safe place to live. And boy, that is an overstatement. Yeah, it, it is, I have to say, very suspicious because right as public opinion in the U.S. turns very sharply against more money for Ukraine, uh, as the money is running out, as we spend a hundred and some billion dollars, just as that is going, just as the counteroffensive has been a complete dud, and even the New York Times is saying, actually, Russia gained more ground than Ukraine did this year, despite the counteroffensive. Just as this all happens, now here's a brand new shiny war. It could go on a long time. We need to spend more money on it. And of course, what does the U.S. do? Well, they keep doing that which caused the problems in the first place, which is funding one side, getting involved. Turn on this first clip because this is from antiwar.com. They've got a problem, though, Dr. Paul, because some Republicans are not interested in more money for Ukraine, but all Republicans are interested in more money for Israel. So what do they do? They're going to make a big, huge package. God knows how much is going to be in it. Um, White House plans to request military aid for Israel, Ukraine, and Taiwan. We must be made of money, Dr. Paul. They're going to put the three of them together in a big bill. No Republicans going to vote against aid to Israel, especially considering what's happened this last week. I mean, we must be unbelievably rich. It, it must be that or unbelievably dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'll tell you, but, you know, uh, delusions, you, you know, are very contagious. And there's history of throughout our uh, history, uh, so many delusional things that have gone on. One is the money issue, per se, the whole idea that all you have to do is print money and, and have no restraints. That's a delusion. But also this stuff, the trust, it isn't just the American people that want to believe it and trust and all that as long as they can get, uh, you know, a, <clears throat> maybe a bonus from the government and think it's helping out or something, they're going to be pleased. But the whole world is delusional on it. They're delusional about the foreign policy and they're delusional that uh, just like, uh, uh, you know, an American uh, person here, if they're lobbying for welfare here, they go, oh, I feel better. I think I'm going to get a boost next month. Yeah. But, but what about these foreign countries? Uh, they, it's it's instantaneous, immediate immediate desire to have it, <clears throat> and th they have pretty serious beliefs that th this is going to be a big deal and get the money and it's all going to work. But uh, then again, there's a lot of strategy, and I think the strategy you 
point out is, is very true is because, uh, you know, they're running out of money. It's more difficult to carry out things. And if they're having trouble paying for the Ukraine war, uh, how are we going to do it? Because they're the people who want that war, they are really dedicated. They're delusional as far yeah. as I'm concerned, uh, you know, in a practical sense of what, what good are they doing to us? But anyway, they're going to go and the, and, the Cong and the White House plans to request military aid for Israel, Ukraine and Taiwan. Together, <clears throat> yeah. Well, I can see why the Israelis are a little cheesed off. I mean, for decades, they've been the biggest recipient of U.S. largesse. Now, all of a sudden, here comes this new kid on the block, Ukraine. Ukraine's getting orders of magnitude more money than Israel is getting. So you can see why they might be irritated. Go to the next clip, because here is from the anti-war piece. This explains the strategy of putting the three together. The Washington Post first reported on Monday that the White House planned to link aid for Ukraine and Israel in an effort to, quote, jam the far right, referring to House Republicans who are against the proxy war in Ukraine, but are staunch Israel supporters. Many Republicans who oppose funding for Ukraine do favor sending weapons to Taiwan, which began receiving unprecedented military aid from the U.S. this year. So basically, goodies for everyone, a toy in everyone's stocking. And what about us? You know, <clears throat> to me, this points out such a simple economic lesson. If we had sound money, they wouldn't have money, you know, because uh, they'd have to tax people and that, and that wouldn't be tolerable. But since 1971, the world and our government has been conditioned. And it's amazing how long they've been able to get away with this. But uh, so there's no restraint. But if we had sound money, you would not have these deficits, you would not have these wars, and people would have to do something differently, and the middle class would not be in trouble because they're the, they're the ones who suffer the most. And, uh, and that's really only starting. You know, the, uh, the inflation of prices is still there, and the people are hurting. I think the jobs numbers are fictitious, and, and, and yet they do it. All they have to do is sort of like a shot. You just get a shot of heroin or addicted. Yeah. Oh, we'll feel better today and tomorrow. Oh, how are we going? Who? Where are we going to go for next week's lobbying? Yeah. Zelensky has it down. He has. He probably even flies on government money. And yeah. so I bet he's not even collecting points with United. Yeah, <laughs> but That's he's flying all around the world looking for more money. Yeah. Well, I'm afraid that gravy train is over. Um, look up, and this is what you mentioned when your opening statement. If you put on that next clip, this is from Axios. Uh, this is called someone who's all of a sudden out of the limelight and misses. This is an actor. You know, this is like an aging actor. They're not getting any good parts anymore, and they're feeling jealous about the young starlet who's in the limelight. Well, in this case, uh, Netanyahu is hardly a young starlet, but in the eyes of uh, uh, m many in America, he is. Scoop, Zelensky asked to visit Israel in show of solidarity. I would probably exchange solidarity for desperation. One of the things that's interesting, and I didn't, I should have made a clip of it, but um, John Kirby, who's a spokesman for uh, Sullivan and the National Security Council, he had an extraordinary briefing yesterday where he said the following. He said, funding for Ukraine is, quote, coming near to the end of the rope and is, quote, not going to be indefinite. He has laid it out there. I, this is an extraordinary quote that hasn't been reported enough, but he's saying, look, it's getting to be the end of the line, guys. And so Zelensky's over there trying to somehow, he started out by trying to say, after the Hamas attacks happened over the weekend, well, this was all because of Russia. 
And Israel said, no, that's, that's not true. The U.S. said, no, come on, that's not true. So no one is buying onto it. He's desperate to get that attention that he had, but it's not there. Yeah, I think it must be more than just the money. That's part of it. But, but the whole thing is um, they're going to spend the money somewhere else. It's sort of politics. And, and, and I, I think there's been a diminishing of the support for Zelensky in that war. And, uh, of course, the money is, is, is out, out in front of it. <clears throat> the money should have been the thing to prevent it from happening. But it seems so far that the lack of money isn't the final say. There's other things going on there. And uh, it may be that, uh, that uh, they believe the American people will tolerate this a little bit more if, uh, if, if we have to go to the aid of Israel. Yeah. Well, no actor likes to know that his parts are no longer <laughs> out there. Well, the next topic we're going to cover is going to be a tough topic for a lot of people, but it's something that has to be dealt with. And this is a piece by Jonathan Cook, writing on antiwar.com. Uh, Jonathan Cook, of course, is a very, very experienced journalist, award-winning journalist, who writes a lot about the Middle East. He's got several books out. Uh, but he has a piece out called The Blood of Gaza is on the West's Hands as Much as Israel. And he's talking about uh, the bloodiest hand in the current slaughter of Palestinians and Israelis belongs not to Hamas or the Netanyahu government, but to the West. And a lot of people aren't going to want to hear that, but he makes a very good case uh, that he says, yes, Palestinian fighters carried out a brutal attack at the weekend on Israeli settlements on the edge of the Gaza Strip. But this attack did not emerge from nowhere without warning. It was not unprovoked as Israel would like us to believe. And he goes on if you go for the next uh, point. And no one likes this. Remember, they said over and over about Russia and Ukraine. It was totally unprovoked. Uh, Putin got up one morning and decided to attack. And they say, oh, well, you're justifying it. No, we want to understand the motives. And we talk about this all the time. <laughs> you can actually leave that up if you don't mind. We want to understand the motives because it's important. Can it be prevented? Can it be ameliorated? So here's what Cook writes. He said... Western capitals know exactly how much the Palestinians of Gaza have been provoked because those same governments have been complicit for decades in supporting Israel as it ethnically cleansed Palestinians from their homeland and imprisoned the remnants of the population in ghettos inside historic Palestine. For the past 16 years, Western backing for Israel has not wavered, even as Israel has turned the coastal enclave of Gaza from the world's largest open-air prison into a gruesome torture chamber where Palestinians are experimented on. Their food and power have been rations, essentials of life denied to them, their access to drinkable water slowly removed, their hospitals prevented from receiving medical supplies and equipment. And again, none of this justifies in any way an attack on Israeli civilians, but it's merely a matter of looking how U.S. and Western foreign policy toward Israel, which is unlimited money, no criticism whatsoever, how that has led to the situation. You know, this analogy between some of the lies told now, uh, no, I, they, they aren't proven lies, but they're very suspicious of the information we're getting about the children, oh, yeah. you know. And uh, of course, uh, the one thing that did turn out to be a lie was that about the incubators uh, leading up to the Iraq war, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that, they, that, that Saddam Hussein was taking all the incubators away and the children were dying, all this. And then it turned out that 
that wasn't quite true at all. So it's uh, it's amazing that they come back with these very similar stories, and it's almost uh, when they have when they control it, it's on incessantly, uh, and then if it does involve special countries that don't uh, qualify for any criticism, what, you you can't say anything. You can't you can't even drag them back to yeah. just just be open-minded ask a question see if it's true so what what they say well let's get some evidence uh, there's been a little bit of backing off you know in the news but uh, israel refused but israel refused to investigate the veracity of claims of mass beheadings yeah i mean why why can't they uh you know, it seems almost uh, like some of the ar- the dumb arguments in campaigning and counting votes. People say, you can't do that, you can't do that. But if who's telling the truth? If you count the votes, what, what's wrong with it? Why, yeah. why shouldn't you count them? It's, this is the sort of thing, if it's going on, we should, we should know about it. But uh, their, their, their reason was that uh, that would be an insult to the dead. <laughs> well, atrocity propaganda plays a key role in all of these things because it causes people to be emotional. Yeah. When you're emotional, you do things, you say crazy things like uh, uh, Nikki Haley, who's crazy all the time. Just finish them, take them out, you know, turn them into glass. Uh, really kind of genocidal, holocaustic language. Um, and then the, but the response would be, if you, if you point out these absolute hyperboles and out-and-out out lies, uh, the German tourist who they say was brutally murdered, she turns out to be alive, the babies with their heads cut off, horrible, horrible. Oh, no, no, they were just shot. Well, that's bad enough. But they want it to sound worse because it justifies what Israel is about to do. And they say, well, you just hate Israel if you point this out. In fact, I would say that the people who continue to make Israel vulnerable by keeping up this untenable situation, they're the ones that hate Israel. We want the problem solved so they can both live in peace. You know, it's unusual, but they, I think Biden had to backtrack on one yeah, of those he did, things. Yeah. That, that, to me, is, uh, it must have been really blatant that they had evidence of, <laughs> of what they were saying just wasn't true. Yeah. But, uh, what a tragedy. Well, uh, finishing up on Jonathan Cook, he, he obviously is very savvy on U.S. politics and domestic situation because put on this next clip, he's talking about, because we talked about this earlier, how Ukraine is fading. They need another war. Cook writes, President Joe Biden has declared approvingly that a long war is ahead between Israel and Hamas. Washington seems to relish long wars, which always prove a boon to its arms industries and a distraction from domestic troubles. I don't think anyone believes that Biden, who has not had a very good relationship with Netanyahu or Israel, that Biden is going to benefit politically by all of a sudden coming forward as the savior of Israel, unlimited money, anything you want. You know, to to understand the whole thing, I I think that uh, history has to be looked at, even though I was told during the campaign, don't mess around and bother us about history. But but if you want to do history, it's really, uh, unfortunately, very fascinating even to read about 1917, 1918, and what happened after uh, 1948, and all the things that went on with uh, the Palestinians and and Israel. And uh, my theory is, is that the more that difficult problems are solved, you know, remotely, 
either a country far away or a country that comes in and takes over. And what happened after World War One and World War Two? It was the, you know the League of Nations first, then the United Nations come in. The less likely uh, it'll be artificial, and it will be different things other than a, a fair thing. And the, and the rule that I have and others have is both sides have to be in agreement. But to have a third party come in yeah. and put this in, just guess what? Just one side usually gets a better deal because it's politicized, and uh, and, and then we end up with this. And, and, and that is that is unstable, has been from the very beginning, you know. You know and, uh, and and right now, the uh, uh, the propagandists have sort of won the fight because all you have to say, well, you know, and what if your position is, don't you think uh, the uh, Palestinians have a right to defend themselves if there's been anybody break the law? Well, that that, that isn't you're not even allowed to bring that up any, anymore because that itself sells you know sells it that oh, we don't want to talk to you. Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, and that's why the closer to home, no matter what we do, economically, uh, for religiously, or socially, if both sides agree. You don't end up with this kind of stuff, and both sides didn't agree. They were, they were barely identifiable, you know, back in 1917 yeah. when the uh, when the ultimate strategy was designed there at that time. Well, you you make a great point though about a third party coming in because that's dip U.S. diplomacy. We jump in like a you know like a bull in a china shop and say you will accept this, and that's how it is. Or yeah, or else, <laughs> or else, and that's been what's happened. Well, you can only suppress it for so long, and it comes through. But I wanted to put out, uh, just sort of on that same theme, a juxtaposition of three tweets because I think it says everything you need to know about the Western view toward the, 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 this area. Now this is um, Ursula von der Leyen, who's the president of the European Commission. Now she put out a tweet back in October of 22, and she said, Russia's attacks on civilian infrastructure, especially electricity, are war crimes. Cutting off men, women, children, of water, electricity, and heating with winter coming, these are acts of pure terror. We have to call it as such. Okay, so keep that in mind. These are war crimes, she says. Well, here's a couple of days ago, the Israeli defense minister, um, and this is a tweet by Glenn Deason, uh, Defense Minister Yoav Gallant, he said, I have ordered a complete siege of the Gaza Strip. There will be no electricity, no food, no fuel. Everything is closed. We are fighting human animals, and we are acting accordingly. So, did von der Leyen and the Europeans criticize him? No. Here's a tweet that she put out. The next one. She just said, we stand with Israel. So there you have it, the double standards. Uh, seeing those three put together one after the other says everything you need to know about it. Yeah. Get rid of the third party interference. Yeah. <laughs> but but that's, that's, been, that's how, of course, been going on for a long time, <laughs> you know that uh, somebody else comes in and tries to settle it. But uh, it's, it's something that uh, I think it will continue. It's not yeah. going to be solved. I don't think a, a conference is likely to do it. It, it. Some of these things that seem insolvable, they usually settle down when both sides become exhausted. Yeah. You know, they, they run out of cannon fodder. They run out of, you, you, you know, just weapons. And uh, they run out of people that uh, <laughs> run out of things. The United States is going to run out of things too. Yeah. So 
I think we should stay out of that. Everybody knows my position. We should stay out of mind our own business. And at the same at the same time, uh, we we will quit because we're going to run out of money and run out of confidence in this. And and the, things will change. And that's why I think we stand to expect some really really rough times ahead yeah. because uh, it seems like the last thing they'll probably quit spending money on it won't be uh, milk for babies. It's going to be guns to kill somebody yeah yeah well the last thing we're going to cover today is it's it, it's hardly as controversial as it used to be and this is a piece written by a friend of ours brian mcclinchy who's a good journalist and i encourage everyone to check out his Substack. it's the featured article in antiwar.com today so you can get to it through that if you can put that next one up uh, brian writes israel fostered the rise of hamas even after it turned to terror and you say that's nuts this guy's kooky. What's going on? Well, the fact of the matter is, it's well known. It's no secret. Uh, go to the next clip here. Uh, this is from his article. In 2015, the leader of the religious Zionist party, and now Israel's finance minister, said in 2015, quote, on the international playing field, in this game of the delegitimization, the Palestinian Authority is a liability and Hamas is an asset. It's a terrorist organization, Nobody will recognize it, and nobody will give it status at the International Criminal Court. And nobody will push, let them push resolutions at the UN. So in the eyes of the Israeli right, the real threat to Israel is not Hamas's violence and terrorism. The danger is a peace agreement and the establishment of a Palestinian state, wrote a Tel Aviv-based journalist, Moran Rappaport. Uh, and you say, well, those are the far right. These guys are kooky. Well, go on. The next one is from Haaretz, a very famous liberal newspaper in uh, Israel. They're reporting, uh, anyone who wants to thwart the establishment of a Palestinian state has to start both support bolstering Hamas and transferring money to Hamas. Netanyahu told his Likud party's Knesset members in March 2019, this is part of our strategy. We have to support Hamas. We have to fund Hamas. That's what we need to do. And you'd say, well, that's crazy. Why would they do it? Well, in the, initially they helped create Hamas because they did not want ha to have the Palestinian Authority, which was a secular political party consisting of Christians and Muslims and <coughs> non-religious people. You had to fund extremists because that would give you the argument, we can't negotiate with these people. They're extremists, <laughs> you know. And, by the way, somebody else said it on the floor way before anyone else was saying it. And this little clip uh, of someone we know, uh, if we can get that queued up, the video clip, you might want to get those, uh, although you may recognize this. Uh, this is many years ago on the floor when they were debating a bill on whether on Israel has the right to defend itself. Here's someone that we know, Congressman Ron Paul is here, but you had to say back then, Dr. Paul. You know, Hamas, if you look at the history, you'll find out that Hamas was encouraged and really started by Israel because they wanted Hamas to counteract Yasser Arafat. And you say, well, yeah, that was better then and served its purpose, but we didn't want Hamas to do this. So then we as Americans say, well, we have such a good system. We're going to impose this on the world. We're going to invade Iraq and teach people how to be Democrats. We want free elections. So we encourage the Palestinians to have a free election. They do, and they elect Hamas. So we first indirectly and directly through Israel help establish Hamas. Then we have election. Then Hamas becomes dominant, so we have to kill them. You know, it, it just doesn't make sense. During, during the 80s, uh, you know, we were allied with Osama bin Laden. 
and uh, we were contending with the Soviets. It was at that time our CAA thought it was good if we radicalized the Muslim world. So we financed the madrasa schools to radicalize the Muslims in order to compete with the, with the Soviets. There's too much blowback. There's a lot of reasons why we should oppose this resolution. You know, Hamas, if you look at the history, you'll find I, out. I approve that message. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's as fresh today. And, you know, it's cynical and ugly, but that's the world we live in. Yeah. You know, and I think what people lack so often is they're, in politics, it's, it's uh, they don't call it that, but it's real ugly pragmatism, whatever seems to help and, and not based on any principle. So they never start with, with a principle. And they, they think it's legitimate to do that. It's, it's a smart strategy. What we'll do is we'll, we'll subsidize somebody here. But I think a lot of that goes on. But this time it was so blatant, you yeah. know, so bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a terrible situation there. Um, we don't know what's going to happen next. We know there's going to be a lot more bloodshed, though, um, probably on both sides, but now very, very disproportionately on the side of the Palestinians. All Palestinians are not Hamas. Uh, the idea of collective punishment uh, is a cruel and inhuman idea. It's also a war crime. Uh, Israel is understandably furious at the bloodshed that they've had to endure uh, over the past couple of days. There's no question about that, and they're justified in that. But I think we would caution that an overreaction may actually end up being worse for both sides. Right. So we'll see. I'm going to close out if you think we're done. I'm just going to close out with a little happier of a topic, <laughs> which is put up that last photo just to remind you of Dr. Paul's new book, The Great Surreptitious Coup, Who Stole Western Civilization? The themes in this book are themes that we cover in our show all the time with a good dollop of history, which is important to understand the context, I was on Twitter earlier today and a couple of people were writing about how they've gone through it and been marking quotes from it. So people do like it and they are reading it. This is a special gift from the Ron Paul Institute to those who support our fall fundraising efforts. We have to pay for the show. We have to pay for the other things we do like our conferences and our student seminars. You can help us do that and we will give you this book in return. I will include a link in the description of the show on how you can get your sent to you for your participation in our fundraising. This is the only place you can get this book, and we have limited supplies. I paid a little visit to our book depository, and I will say the supplies are shrinking significantly, so act now and get your book. Link in the description. Back to you, Dr. Paul. Very good. I want to close by reemphasizing a theme that I have followed for a long time, and that is, uh, and we talked about it today, and that is third parties coming in to solve the solution of, of uh, two countries or two people that are close together. The closer the, the solution comes from those two people in a voluntary manner, the better off it will be. As soon as you get a third party or a third person or a third group or a third government coming in and for human humanitarian reasons come in, well, we have to solve this problem, well, we'll do this, and, uh, and usually they make it much worse. And especially it's bad, I think, when the organization that comes in is, is globalist. And there's a lot of that when you think about it. Uh, you know, America was different in 1917 because they had the League of Nations, and that's what sent. It was well motivated. That stopped these stupid 
wars, but they didn't understand why the wars occur, and they make them worse when you have all these alignments. And uh, of course, the American people rejected it, it wasn't voted in, but by 1945, people were ready. They were totally uh, uh, brainwashed into believing, well, it's a lack of government. So then the UN was started, and they come in and they solve it. We have the UN, we have NATO, and all the organizations that uh, are run by politicians and money-making machine that sell weapons. So we're so far removed from the benefits of two people trying to sort out their differences, and uh, then the demagoguing comes, and uh, we end up with the killing. I think it's unnecessary, I think it's foolish, I think it's unconstitutional, I think it's immoral, and I think it's stoppable. Uh, because I think the majority of the people would agree basically with what I'm saying. Why fight these wars? Why do it? And uh, they don't have the opportunity to very often hear this message because uh, even though we have such strong and loyal supporters, you know, that most people, if you walk down the street, they get their messages from government uh, schools, at government schools, and that's usually propaganda to teach you and condition you for what you're supposed to think and say and why you have to sacrifice your money and your lives uh, to these organizations. Well, it's not necessary, and uh, it should be something that we could convince people of so much easier because it's a system of government and a system of understanding about getting along that will be the best opportunity for bringing about peace and prosperity, which is our goal. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.